Hello everyone and welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season two at episode 22. Seeing the Sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3, the Lord spoke to the prophet while he was in prison and he said to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing behind the scenes. Sometimes his presence is not keenly evident, but I assure you he is there. All we need to do is look for him. And when you find him, you will find that you can achieve a life of hope and contentment. This week, I want to focus on motivation and more specifically, the motivation to change behavior. If you've read any of my Facebook posts this week, I've centered my conversation on change and the motivation to make a change. You're probably sick of hearing about the pandemic by now, and so am I. But so many things were affected by it, and trying to readjust to it, it just hasn't, or your life hasn't been easy. Between binge-watching TV, homeschooling, working from home, excessive eating, mental angst, and you can put your issue anywhere within this sentence, it's just been hard to make a shift. I've heard so many conversations about expanding waistlines, but interestingly enough, I haven't heard many or any, in fact, conversations about people delving into the word of God more. And if we ever needed God's word, we certainly do need it now. Consider this. When you go to the doctor and he or she raises an eyebrow of concern, or when your employer informs you that they're downsizing and you're the one that they're going to let go, or your spouse or your partner decides that they no longer want to be in a committed relationship, or maybe you've been struggling for months and now hit rock bottom, maybe you're tired of the way things are going, and maybe you have feelings of discomfort or distress, all of these are motivations to make a change. And unfortunately, sometimes it takes a hiccup in a routine or a forced situation that incites people to make change. People are often motivated to change when things aren't going well. You hear of people coming to church when they've hit rock bottom and they've heard about Christ and somehow they consider taking a chance to develop a relationship with him. Uh, maybe asking the question, can my life really be different? If in fact it gets them what they want, they will consider and they will come to church because they're in the hopes that maybe making a shift from what they're doing to this might create or promote the response that they want. People change when they become uncomfortable or you have a goal that needs to be met or you want to meet or when you become tired of the same old routine or you're just simply unhappy. There are many factors that go into moving to changing a behavior. Wanting to have a good life or a life that has meaning is a motivation to change. The Bible talks a lot about motivation, talks a lot about making changes. In in fact, the entire premise of the Bible is to inform sinners to make a change, and that change is to ultimately follow Jesus Christ. Now, that's easier said than done. When things are going well, there is no need for change, which is why you may find why people are more readily willing to go to church when they've hit rock bottom. Why would anyone need or want to come to church or to seek God when they have a perfect world? Well, I'm glad you asked. First, I must say, there is no perfect world, and it only looks perfect when you're getting what you want. But everyone, and I do mean everyone, will at one time in their life find that life really is not perfect, 
and it's filled with imperfection. Believers aren't motivated by the same things as unbelievers, or should I say, true disciples of Christ. I know I'm going into a whole other topic that deserves discussion, and that's the phrase, and they call themselves a Christian, but we'll address that in a different podcast. But what I'm saying is that those who are truly sold out for Christ find pleasure in being in his presence, in hearing his word, in sitting still in his presence, being surrounded by like-minded believers, while unbelievers, or should I say people with limited understanding about Christ, their initial motivation is to get their needs met by any means necessary. And if that means punching the church clock, then so be it. The world has tainted us and lured us into this salacious ideology of having more stuff with, with money being a primary objective or motivator of making a change. And unfortunately, those who are motivated by such will do almost anything to get it. Every day you look on the news and there's going to be at least one, one news, news um, article that's going to talk about someone doing something for the sake of having more or having money. Our motivation should be like that of Christ, which is, and I quote, to do the will of the Father, to do the will of the one who sent him. What that requires, however, is a true dying to oneself in order to live for Christ. Do you remember Zacchaeus? His story is found in the book of Luke and specifically in chapter 19. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. In fact, he was the chief tax collector and he was also quite wealthy. He was so motivated to see Jesus and because of his short stature, in order to see him, he had to climb up in a tree. Now, Jesus saw him and he told him to come down immediately because he was going to stay at his house that day. That one encounter so compelled Zacchaeus that his life was changed. He was motivated by his encounter with Christ. Do you hear that? He, here, here's what he said. Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. His change of heart his action and attitude occurred because of a single encounter with Jesus. Isn't that something? You can come in contact with Jesus just once and your whole life can change for the better. When you encounter Christ, you can never be the same. There's something about his presence that compels a desire that's really inexplicable. I can say this because I've had that kind of encounter. And so did Saul on the road to Damascus. Saul thought he was doing the right thing when he was persecuting Christians. It was only when Christ appeared to him and asked him the question, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That's when change took place. The Lord changed Saul's heart through that one encounter with him. And how about Peter? Peter was unstable. He was outspoken. He was impulsive and insecure and always reacting first instead of observing or listening or seeking to understand. Remember his refusal to acknowledge that he had been with Jesus? It took time and it wasn't until he acknowledged Jesus as the Christ, the son of the living God, that he made the shift from Peter to Cephas, which was translated stone. And that then and only then did change begin to take place. It was his abiding with Christ that led to his change. So, what can change us, you ask? Wow, you guys have some great questions today. Well, according to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12, and I'll read that for you. 
For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Consider this. When you go to the doctor, their goal is to assess you and to determine what's going on in your body. Even a routine visit suggests a thorough examination, and if something is found, a remedy is put in place to bring you to a place of health. That is what the Word of God does. It examines your motives and determines your spiritual health. The Word of God reveals your weakness, but not only does He find the spiritually unhealthy parts, but He provides a cure to bring you to a spiritually healthy place. I'll be honest with you. When I first came to Christ, it wasn't because of a longing passion, no. It was because I watched others and I thought, well, it seems to be working for them. And so I pretended to believe, or should I say, was a Christian, but I didn't fully understand what that meant. Notice I said, notice I said when I first came and then life happened and suddenly I was thrust into a spiritual examination of sorts and the diagnosis wasn't good. That which I thought I knew or thought I believed was fragile at best. My spiritual foundation was, wasn't solid. However, it was through that examination that the problem was diagnosed and Jesus came in and revealed to me the problem, which believe it or not was unbelief. How can I have suffered with unbelief when I had already professed my faith in Christ? Well, it was because my faith wasn't based on a confident belief. It was based on believing it was right and the right thing to do. I didn't understand that that was just the first step in my faith journey. It was through that examination by way of trials and physical pain that brought about, for me, transformational change. And what that means is that it was a change designed to create a notable change, a sustainable change that would only increase as my relationship with him grew. The things that used to bring me pleasure became secondary to my encounter with Christ. Some would say that my change was a bit radical, but for me, it wasn't radical at all. It was what it was supposed to be, what it should have been all along, and the way God intended it to be. He changed me to something completely new. I actually became what he says in his word. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So let me get back to where I began this podcast about the motivation to change. You can do anything for a little while, but if you want everlasting change, sustainable change, it's done on the inside out. God can take what is unhealthy and create something absolutely beautiful. I've heard testimony after testimony of how God took the impossible and did the miraculous. God loves us and he wants the best for us. Really, he does. And it's not about having everything that you want, although that may come. No, it's about being what God has called you to be, fulfilling your purpose. Change is possible, but everlasting change needs Christ at the center of it. Why not open your heart today and ask him to examine your thoughts, to examine your motives, and to examine your intentions? You may be surprised at what he might find, but the good news is this. He won't leave you that way. For in Philippians 2 and 13, it says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. 
God is working in you and he is sufficient to help you and is working in you to bring about change that brings life. Whatever change that you're wanting to make, I encourage you, go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to search your heart and your motives and your intention and your mind to determine if it is something that will bring honor to him and not just to yourself. I guarantee you, he will answer you and he will give you the wherewithal and the encouragement to accomplish it. And guess what? It results in a testimony of faith. And that's what we're supposed to be, be disciples telling what God has done that others may come and that none would perish. I look forward to talking to you next time. But until then, God bless you and be sure to see the sunrise, to see Christ in your everyday situations.